Before we start, we'd like to leave you a quick message on the machine to say that this episode contains coarse language and adult-only content. Hi, you've called Age. And Mitch. And this is Message on the Machine. Gritty conversations by smooth operators. You know what to do. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the latest broadcast of Message on the Machine. I am your co-anchor. Do you want to share your name for the people or just leave it at that? Mr. Anchor. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Wanker, I think is the correct term that you're looking for. My name is H. And I'm Mitch. And yes, this is another episode of Message on the Machine. We're obviously running out of ways to start the show, so just going in with... Creative juices not flowing as freely as they should be. (laughs) Potentially. That's all right, though. That's okay. We've got um, many other episodes to make up for it. Yeah, exactly right. Can't win them all, guys. But I think we're doing all right. And the human. And the human. Give me a break. (laughs) Hello, Mitchell. And how are you, my love? Look, I think you know the answer to that. I'm, I'm sitting here with... Eggshells beneath my feet. <laughs> it, was a, it was a bit of a night on the booze last night. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah, yeah, that's right. We are recording today for you guys. Sunday morning. Yeah, it's a Sunday morn sesh. One of us is a bit fresher than the other. Yep. Enjoyed a couple of drinks last night. Let's just call a spade a spade. Yeah, that's um, okay. We, however, we... here I am. Yeah. Bright-eyed, sort of. Sort of. Wet hair. tailed Wet hair. <laughs> Thank you for painting that picture. Hand-me-down robe. Yeah. And do you know what? I've definitely gone to work in worse states. Oh, yeah. I've seen you in so much worse states. I wouldn't even tell you that bad today. No. No. Well, I got to, as I said to you, pre-record yeah. a certain point in the night. Oh, it was actually a lunch, so it's kind of great. Start early, finish early. Yeah, righto. Got to a point in the evening where I was like, Adrian's going to kill me. So I started just pouring myself ice waters with lemon and pretending that I was on the vodka sodas for the rest of the night. I love that there's an element of fear that I'm instilling (laughs) in you. I mean, it gives me a little bit of satisfaction. I'm very familiar with your wrath. So, yeah, yeah, that's basically how I am currently. uh, Hanging in there. Yeah, the course is obviously pushing the boundaries. Yeah, it's really pushing me. So I spent all of yesterday studying straight on the booze, mm. back home. That, that old rat wheel. <laughs> Found my roommate passed out on the bathroom floor. Good. <laughs> Perfect. Um, and now I just popped up off to the studio. Yeah, gave her a bit of a kick, make sure she's okay. <laughs> yeah, she's good. Do you I'm know, right. I actually heard her go to the bathroom. Yeah. And I thought, because she just was in my bed, which is kind of, you know... Having a girl's night, yeah, end yeah. of night, DM chats. Had to go to the bathroom. Half an hour later, she'd never returned, and I just assumed she'd like scurried off to her bed, mm. and then got up and saw that the bathroom door was still shut, <laughs> and I was like, oh, she's probably passed out on the floor in there. Uh-huh. So I just went to the other bathroom to pee, and then went back to bed. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> yeah, she's fine. Give me a grunt if you're breathing. <laughs> Proof of life through yeah. the door. I'm not opening it. Anyway, how are you? I am good. I'm not as wild this weekend. I would have liked to actually have. It was on the cards actually for me to get a bit loose. Oh yeah, what happened? Um, I was supposed to go to Sydney last weekend, mm. but obviously with the whole COVID and everything, it didn't happen. So that kind of sucked. Um, but I'm just going to reschedule that trip. So that was kind of like I missed out on like like going and partying with all the boys up there, which, you know, a bit of a dampener. So this weekend I was like planning to sort of like recreate that. Sure. I've been so sick. (laughs) We've all heard about it. If you've seen it on the socials, you know what I'm talking about. But I have honestly been out of action for a good five to six days. Like, I feel good today, probably like the first, for the first time since last Saturday. Mm. Back to like actual normality. Great. So, and yesterday was like probably yesterday and today. So it's taken me a full week. I don't know what it was. Food poisoning, potentially 
definitely some kind of gastro, but it was fucked. Like I've been sick before, barley belly and this, but this was on another level. Right. Like, well, I was going to say, you've never looked thinner. I'm, I'm Reiki. Yeah. Good yeah. for you. Yeah. She's gone to the, to the Mitchy Nice school of <laughs> don't eat. Yeah. I'm, I'm, um, nineties Paris catwalk. Yeah. 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 Thin yeah. at the moment. Yeah. Which, very Kate Moss. Very all that. Yeah. Which is great. Siggy diet mm-hmm. kind of vibes. <laughs> Um, which is great, but I also like, it sucks. Cause I, I mean, it's great, but I haven't been to the gym. I haven't done it. Like I'm not feeling great if I'm being honest. So this week was tough, but onwards and upwards, um, which is why I'm not hung over anything today. I just took it easy. Cause I was like, I had made some pasta last night mm. with a friend and watched the latest of RuPaul's. Lovely. Well, five days of explosive gastro will do that. <laughs> five days. <laughs> Change to the porcelain bowl. <laughs> there was at one point I was like, I'm so glad I live alone. Cause I was like, fuck, like just having to share that my apartment space with someone going back and forth from the toilet. There were moments where, and this is podcast cards on the table. There are moments where I would just be sitting on the toilet, just screaming just <laughs> in my apartment, just screaming, actually howling like a woman giving birth. Yeah. Right. Like it was not cool. How many centimetres dilated were you at that point? <laughs> she was crowning. <laughs> yeah, full 10. I think you're <coughs> making a lot of people fall in love with you this morning. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, so very different journeys that have led us to the same place. Behind Quite the fragile mics. behind the mics. Yeah. So tread lightly with me today. But, you know, so that's been my week. Um, although I just want to say, I went to the supermarket this morning and... The lady's packing my bags, right? Mm-hmm. So it wasn't Aldi. No, no, no. Someone that... Woolies. Yeah, right. And she's... I bought an apple, or just a loose apple, because I just plan to eat it later. She grabs the apple, scans it up, and just fucking piffs it in the bag. <laughs> like it's a cricket ball. <laughs> and I just looked at her, and I was like, that's fucking bruised now, yeah. you stupid bitch. She's gone the full leg spin. Yeah. Um, she's flippered the apple. <laughs> Look at f- us trying to make a sports reference. <laughs> it was an LBW. Yeah, one something. She yeah. slam dunked my fucking <laughs> apple into my bag. I was just stopped and said, and I wanted to say, can you fucking go get me another one? I was mm. anyway. I'm obviously still annoyed about it. I've just brought it. Onto Have the you podcast. eaten the apple? No, but I went home and I unpacked it and it was 100% bruised. I was so yeah, damaged produce. And I hate soft apples. <sighs> Who doesn't? Thank you. I'm, I'm well in your corner on this one. <laughs> anyway, quickly tell me before we jump into the main event, yes. what was the last thing that you Googled this week? The last thing I Googled actually was last night. I didn't realise it was RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars Season 6. Yep. Which is the latest epi- um, the latest season of All-Stars that is currently out for anyone who's not sure. Mm-hmm. I Here I am thinking, I don't know why, but I just thought that this weekend was the weekend that that was starting. Turns out there's three episodes already out. They come out on Thursdays now. And yeah. I've just missed the whole the whole train. Yeah, it's a whole situation. And they also dropped two at once, the first two. Yeah, that's exactly... Exactly, that's why I'm so behind. Yeah. So I had a bit of catching up to do last What's night. to do? And how does that lead to your Google exactly? I Googled... I was Googling oh, okay. to see where, <laughs> when like, it came out. Just yeah. really trying to connect those dots. But Sorry. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, Can cool. I just say, thoroughly enjoying it so far though. Yeah, yeah. It's a good yeah. show. Great show. Great season. Mm. Mm. Yours? Um, mine was Bunnings. <laughs> um, Very different. They're just... Yeah. <laughs> yep. There, you know, just comes a time in every man's life when he just needs to go pick up some tools. When a tool needs a tool. Yeah. When a tool needs a tool. So, wandered down to Bunnings. Yeah. Bought myself a lovely trestle table that was required of me. Yeah, gorge. Got a sausage. Wandered through the garden section. Is the sausages, are they really what they're cracked up to be? Oh, there's nothing fucking better. I was literally like, there are other places I could get this table. <laughs> I'm going for the sausage. <laughs> okay. I can... I've never had a bun. I've never had a Bunnings sausage. Mm, that's weird. I'm not often at Bunnings. One, two, a random... That's surprising to me. A random piece of meat from a hardware store doesn't really appeal to me. Oh, but, but it's it's done by a charity at the front. It's not really affiliated. Uh, well, I'll maybe give it a go. Supporting but, a cause. You know, we don't know where their sausages have come from. 
probably Woolies, same place as your bruised apple. <laughs> so, today's topic. So, <laughs> tell me. <laughs> <laughs> Something, obviously, as the two strapping young gentlemen that we are, we're somewhat the experts of. Yeah. I would say something that we've spent a lot of our lives conscious of. Mm. Would you like to enlighten the people to what we're talking about today? So we are here to discuss the big broad umbrella, I guess, that is masculinity. Mm. Yeah, the boys. Yeah, the boys. Yeah. The big P. (laughs) Being penis. I was like, okay. Big penis energy. Yeah. Basically, we're here to discuss masculinity in all of its sort of forms, strengths, weaknesses. and shame. Correct. So, you know, obviously it comes in a variety of different ways, some good, some bad. Mm. And so we thought today, as Mitch mentioned, it is something that has not affected us, but is something that we have been grown up to become conscious of. Mm. I think with obviously our sexuality and yep. and growing up with being gay and knowing that you were different, mm. I guess, and how that ties into masculine, feminine energies and things like that. I think also, though, the um, issue of being conscious of masculinity is something that every man faces. Like, Correct. it's not an exclusively queer male realm. Well, that's exactly right. And I think as we did our research for this episode, we found that, you know, especially moving into 2021. You sure? (laughs) 2021. That it is now a discussion and something that is quite um, prevalent and being pushed more front of mind, Mm. which we will get to. So, you know, I guess when we think about masculine and feminine energy to Mm. sort of kick off, what comes to mind for you? Traditionally, it's very much been thought of as, I guess, a binary. Boys are boys, yep. girls are girls. Yeah. You don't get to pick, you're just given one. Yeah. Um, and masculine and feminine is sort of assigned to that. Correct. Gender. Yes. Um, and so, you know, I think, as we've said, traditionally, it's very like boys play sport and boys have boys get given the tonka truck yeah boys get pushed out into the sandpit speak in a deeper register don't cross your legs yep um and girls just do all the fun stuff (laughs) basically (laughs) girls do all the stuff that we did (laughs) as kids and yeah that is i will mention that is obviously at a um a child-like level, I yeah. guess. You know, obviously when we're born, they're the kind of stereotypes that are sort of fed to us. Mm-hmm. And yes, for the fe- from the other side, the feminine energy is, you know, the girls play with the Barbies or the girls are playing mums and dads in the house, mm. um, you know, which obviously very much embody those stereotypes fed through from like, you know, the 1950s about mm. the woman is the one who stays home. Keep them in the kitchen. She's here to produce... Um, children and food basically yeah correct (laughs) and then the on the other side you've got the male who is out there providing for the family winning the bread which i guess goes back even further than the 1950s i just could say like that's a hunter-gatherer like caveman cavewoman situation the man's out there yeah have you read sapiens on me well let's talk science Dr. Um, Carl's in the house. But do you know what I mean? Like, that's kind of where it comes back from when you think about it. You've got the male out there who's, you know, hunting mm. and bringing home the food and the wife's in the cave, wiping her baby's bum with a leaf. Mm. Cutting up the raw meat that they're going to eat for dinner. Mmm. <laughs> Delish. Beef tartare. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess from that, you know, the, there is obviously the distinction between the, the two genders and the energies, I guess, mm. that, that we mentioned, but... More specifically today, masculinity is the one that we want to sort of focus on because as we said, growing up queer, that's obviously was a challenging thing for us. And I guess more predominantly for heterosexual men mm-hmm. out there, there is a huge um, pressure pressure that has come about, I guess, and, and actually been defined as a term now, which we see as toxic masculinity, mm-hmm. which we obviously think is worth discussing today. So 
toxic masculinity is as described by the New York Times. I was going to say, bring up a quote. I know you've done some research. (laughs) So researchers for the New York Times actually describe the concept of toxic masculinity as a set of behaviours and beliefs that men must stereotypically adhere to to maintain an image of being tough, emotionless, and all over more masculine. Just let that marinate in for a second. Hashtag discuss. Yeah. So, obviously, it's completely on the money. I Mm. would agree with that definition. Yeah. Um, And I think that the, the toxicity of it comes from the fact that there are all of these emotions that are supposed to be just not spoken about or hidden away or yes. whatever. Otherwise, you're not considered a real man. Correct. Mm. Um, Which is wild when you say it out loud. Yeah. But it's definitely been this culture that has been bred mm. into society for years now. Well, since the caveman times, as you've as I've enlightened us mentioned. Too. I think when I listen to that, um, definition there's so many things that kind of pop up in there that are like alarm bells for me you know like a set of behaviors and beliefs that men must stereotypically adhere to like the word adhere it's like you're being told to like mm. you know it's like a set of rules almost mm. and if you don't if you, you know the opposite to that is like well you're breaking them mm-hmm. you know yeah which is Luckily, we're a couple of rule breakers yeah <laughs> which is you know that there's almost like this punishment if you're not yeah. Behaving in the right, that, that way. Yeah. I was looking though and saw emotionless mm. and thought, I must be pretty mask. <laughs> wow. There's obviously some toxic <laughs> toxicity going on over yeah, there. Yeah. Right. Um, no, but, and you know, even that emotionless, like pff, so robotic, like it's obviously just not possible. You're a human. Like there's yeah, no such course. thing as no emotion. So mm. the whole concept is obviously has holes. Glad we've got that part locked in. Yeah, definitely. So as you said, you know, there is this feeling around not being able to show anything because you'll be less of a man. Mm -hmm. Have you like ever seen examples of this or like have you seen things in like your day to day or have you come across toxic masculinity in your life? Um, I mean, I think, you know, throwing back to young kids, Mm -hmm. uh, when I was a swimming teacher, it was a lot of... You know, these poor little three-year-olds terrified to get in the water. And these dads would be like, don't fucking cry. Yeah, like, okay. Toughen up, get in the water. Yeah. Like, mm. poor thing. They're freezing. They yeah. don't know how to swim. <laughs> Throwing them into this enormous pool. Traumatic. Yeah. <laughs> Trauma. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, would bring their daughter to the next class and she'd be crying. And it would be like, oh, don't worry, darling. Yeah, okay. It's okay. Just paddle your feet in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No yeah, one's going to yeah. let let go of you. Like... Mm. And I think that is like, as we've said, it's this training early on Mm. um, that is handed down from generations of men to the next Mm. to be tough, don't be a sook, don't be a pussy, don't Mm. be a faggot. Yeah. Um, And I just didn't follow any of those rules. Well, no. (laughs) Here we are. Here we are. (laughs) The glorious (laughs) unicorn sitting in front of you today. That's it. Yeah, yeah. I... um... Yeah, I can definitely remember stuff like that. And, you know, I've, I have shared on the podcast before personally, like, you know, I did have a lot of that um, sort of toxicity fed to me as a, as a young boy, you know, like if there was a gay person on TV, you know, I would be told like, see them, see them, don't you fucking end up like that, blah, blah, blah. Like mm. there were a lot of moments for me in my childhood where I felt like I needed to step up my masculinity. Mm-hmm to combat my femininity, I guess. And I think like touching on that is kind of probably the reason that it's harder for the gays. Yes. Because, you know, if there's like a boy who is naturally inclined to like be jumping off rocks and scraping his knees and, you know, doing all of that shit that earns praise, Mm. then hearing people say stuff like that to them, they're like, yeah, sick, no worries, I'm already doing it. Yeah. But for me sitting at home, categorizing my Barbies by, you know, winter or summer outfits. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like really like, fuck, I'm going to have to actually change a lot of myself to squeeze mm. into this hole that is not shaped for me. Absolutely. Yeah, totally. Totally can relate. Yeah. Mm. 
we will do a comparison on um, heterosexual and homosexual masculinity, but I guess I'm just thinking too of other examples of I can that I can think of, and there is in adult men where this is obviously most prevalent. I do know of stories or situations of you know these middle-aged straight men with families who have gotten themselves into these states of anxiety and depression and things like that because they have felt or have started to feed a narrative to themselves that they are not enough mm. or not doing enough or not being manly enough and you know to unpack that word obviously we're looking at things like providing fi- financial support and it happens a lot with families who maybe they've just had some a new kid mm. there's a lot of ch- there's a change in their finances the mum stops working the dad creates you know has now all this pressure put on his shoulders to support that family you know and then all of a sudden this guy has the world on his shoulders mm. and, and the vicious cycle of that is that he's not supposed to talk about it correct yeah which is just fucked mm-hmm. because who decided that this whole family's happiness is in the power of his hands and I would say more so the whole family's like survival and safety at this point is Correct. like the pressure is placed on like this is one Joe Blow just doing his best. And if he's out there slaving away and then he's, you know, not around to, to potentially to be spending time with his now new family or like there's just so many elements that come in that really create this. And like you said, the worst element of it all is that this poor bloke can't go out and seek any help mm. or can't raise his hand and be like, hey, I'm not coping mm. because he has to. Mm. There is, he's been told that, and the narrative for him is that, and probably from childhood for him is that this is what you need to do. Mm-hmm. And there's no, there's no way around it. And then of course, the sad roll on effect from that is that male suicide is like so much more prevalent. Absolutely. Than female and you know i think that that just comes down to the fact that people just feel so trapped in this Mm. in this mindset that's been created by a very toxic society yeah um telling them to toughen the fuck up basically yeah well the suicide the male suicide rate's three times higher than female in australia i didn't know the exact number but i knew you would and you know it starts like i i do know of a story um of a guy who did get themselves in a situation like that where he did feel that he wasn't doing enough and then turned to gambling Mm -hmm. to try and counteract that and then was actually losing money and created a gambling problem and then you know like the spiral just went from bad to worse really quickly um and then who does this like you said who does this person go to or turn to when that's happening Mm. and they it does lead to them feeling absolutely lonely depressed hopeless anxious and and the, all those things lead to suicide so it mm. is really really sad and you know definitely something that when we want to bring to light even though obviously we are gay men but it you know we've got a lot of um straight female people in our lives who it is important i think to encourage and start those conversations with your partners 100 percent, because that's probably where the the gap lay is that there, the conversation isn't there and not yeah. happening. And the reality is that people are not going to tell you. Mm. You need to ask. Mm. And we see, we've seen it a lot, like, in football culture and things like that. I think that, you know, the one thing that I don't know anything about it, <laughs> couldn't tell you which way to kick the ball. Like, oh, football culture. Here we go. Couldn't tell you which way the ball goes. Up, right, left, don't know. Yeah. In the middle post, I'm assuming. <laughs> However... I do know that the AFL and you know have do a lot of initiatives and things around like mental health and starting those conversations and things like that in the most recent years. So we we definitely, I think that's great. Yeah, I agree. Um, so to narrow the focus a little bit, yeah, these broad zeitgeisty little things that we're covering. Yes, let's talk about Adrian. Mm. In your youth, I would assume there was a very large part of that that was you pretending to be more mask than you actually are 100 percent. talk to me about that so i as i said had it fed to me quite early on that and quite strongly yes definitely yeah yeah there was you know i grew up in a house where domestic violence was 
um, present and, you know, there was a lot of, there wasn't a lot of um, room to move and mm-hmm. negotiate in, you know, potentially wanting to burst out of the box. So um, for me, being and conforming to those stereotypes of being masculine was the only option. And what that did to me at the time was looking back really, really impactful Mm -hmm. on my upbringing and my self-confidence and um, not even just about coming out as being gay and knowing that part of my sexuality. It wasn't actually, it's not actually linked to sexuality. It's linked to identity Mm -hmm. and being able to just be yourself and express the fact that, you know, I might like listening to the Spice Girls, but I'm have to stop listening to the Spice Girls because they're considered feminine. Well, indeed they are. (laughs) (laughs) Funnily enough. Quite aggressively so, actually. (laughs) You know, um, an example I can give was that the Spice Girls, um, I loved them black when I was a kid. Before I understood the difference between being masculine and feminine. Yeah. You know, I was young, five, six, seven year old out there, hairbrush microphone. I was the the sixth Spice Girl. Yeah. Or I was posh or I was scary. Whichever day I felt like. (laughs) I was like, oh, like what kind of spice were you? Paprika. (laughs) Um, So I was, you know, diehard fan or had all the CDs, like all the rest of it. And... As I got older, obviously realizing like that wasn't that wasn't normal for boys to love the Spice Girls, so I stopped expressing that. But on my 18th birthday, my mum thought it would be a good idea to. So I had like had a big party for my 18th. Mm-hmm. Um, had lots of people there. We had it at like a venue, having a great night, whatnot. And 18 for me was probably like I definitely wasn't out of the closet then. If mm-hmm. anyone. Um, is playing catch up. I didn't come out until I was about 21. So I was in like peak awkward age of me really pretending, mm-hmm. I guess. And God, the worst oh, part of your life. Shocking. Yeah. Shocking. Like, and at this birthday, the speeches were done. Everything was done. And my mum thought it would be a great idea. Like, oh my God. He loved the Spice Girls. I've got her DJ friend to put together this Spice Girls mix CD and we'll play it. She was going to play it at the moment that the speeches were over. Now Spice Girls for an 18 year old straight boy at his eight, like at his 18th birthday, not cool. Yeah. And also not masculine. Oh my God. The panic that would have been in your. So all of a sudden the speeches end and my mum goes hit play and they play this CD the whole party's like kind of like oh what's going on like aha oh, randoms Spice Girls are playing and like uh, my face mm. and I literally ran up to her I feel sick from this I ran up to her and I said turn this off right now yeah turn this off right now like and I was panicked I was I felt sick in my stomach and she was just looking at me like what the fuck like I thought I'd done something funny and like cute yeah. and I was like this is not cute this is which strong. if it was your 23rd yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh she brought the house down. Go, Mum, if you're listening, grab that CD. Am I 30th? Yeah. We'll recreate that moment. Unfortunately, cause... most of comedy is timing and she was just <laughs> three thing. or four years too early. <laughs> she was trying to do something nice. But, you know, that's an example of that being so suppressed mm-hmm. in me. And, um, you know, the, the idea of people knowing that I like something feminine mm. was traumatic. Yeah. And I think, you know... That's what we were touching on before. For us queers, there is a whole nother element of this masculinity, you know, beast that we have challenged and face in yeah. a different way that heterosexual men do. Mm. Mm. What about you? Have you faced anything specific? So, yeah, my, my experience is a little bit different. Okay. I would say that I was very lucky to grow up with parents who would buy me Barbies for Christmas and, you know, we'd be on SingStar doing um, Superstar Jamelia yeah. um, oh. till the wee hours. Fuck. SingStar pop. I know it well. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> um, and so I feel like I never really fought that hard against the feminine side of myself. Mm-hmm. 
Um, not that there's much of it. <laughs> I'm pretty mask for mask. However, it's there. Yeah. And at home, that was always totally fine. And like my, I think my brothers, you know, from a very young age, just understood that I wasn't into like trains and footy and shit. Like, yeah. And that was fine. And we, we got along. I used to put them in makeup and put them in dresses and make them run around the house <laughs> with me. And because they're younger brothers, they would just do it. Yeah. So it was a very like safe place. Yeah. But then I think the struggles came more from the fact that I would be that same person out in the wider world mm. and people just didn't understand that. Yeah. And so there were definitely times when I would sort of try and reduce that part of me or, uh, you know, hide certain things about myself or like maybe not speak as much because I knew that as soon as I opened this fucking cake hole, everyone would know <laughs> I was a flaming mo. I mean, as you've said previously, she squeaks. <laughs> Can do. Yeah. Not so much today because, as we know, big night. But yeah, No, she's husky and raspy <laughs> for me today. <laughs> but I never was, like, trying that hard. Like, all my friends were girls. Like, we would, like, have sleepovers together and no one really questioned that. And, yeah. you know, I would run around the school singing Hilary Duff and, like, mm-hmm. quoting Jemay because everyone said I sounded like her. Yeah. And, like, you know... <laughs> Yeah. Just the whole thing. And so it was more just me, I guess, learning how to manage the responses that I would get to that rather yeah. than me internally trying to change myself to fit into this mold. Mm. So it's kind of, I guess, the opposite of your experience mm. a little bit in the way that, yeah, I was just doing me. Yeah. Um, and people had a lot to say about that. Yeah. And I just had to work out how to deal with that. Do you feel like the challenge there is obviously still present that obviously, you know, you've got to change or that if you're not changing that the, you've been high, it's been highlighted to you that you're different. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like as much as you had to sort of adjust what you was, how you're going to respond, did you internalize like that feeling of being different and the challenge, what that felt like. Yeah, of course. I think it's something you're always conscious of and Mm. something that's always in the back of your mind. And I think, as we've said, I obviously came out quite a bit younger than you. I was like 16, 17 when I first started telling people. Yeah. So I think your 18-year-old, like, Spice Girls panic moment, that that kind of stuff was happening for me when I was like 14. Yeah. And that was like my sort of hardest Mm. point of that journey because it was, you know starting high school don't know anyone need Mm. to work out how i'm going to present myself Mm. and like i was like oh i need to have some like guy friends and whatever it's funny how like the 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 things that you got like these checklists of like things that boys do yeah yeah i clung on to the fact that i was a swimmer for dear life yeah because constantly people like oh you're very tall what sports do you play yeah and it's so much easier to go to the pool at 5am every morning just so that you can say, I'm a swimmer. Yeah. Then just say that one sentence, yeah. oh, I don't do sports. Yeah. Oh, my life. <laughs> my life. Yeah. Yeah. I remember having like, um, so Desperate Housewives was obviously a huge, you know, iconic show at the time. Yes. And Eva Longoria was like the hottest thing on TV at the, at the moment at mm-hmm. the time. And I remember just like having her as like the background of like my computer like in a, like a lingerie shot oh. because I thought that that's what boys and all, all the other boys yeah, my right. age did that. Yeah. And I was like, well, that's what boys do. They've got mm. hot girls in their background. I would, if I'd just be glancing over that, like glazed yeah. over. Like, God, she's got great skin, doesn't she? I was like, wow, they've really retouched her well here. <laughs> yeah. I wonder what she puts under her eyes. She's a C cup. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. 32C. Um, no, but I just found that... I realized early that, first of all, if I ever had a photo, a lingerie pic of Eva on my computer background, everyone would roll their eyes. Yeah. Okay. So there was that aspect. And I think I always knew that. And also the fact that it was just fucking exhausting. Oh, wasn't it? Trying to live up to this idea of what it is to be masculine or whatever. And I just was like, it's too hard. I just gave up. It was actually exhausting such a good way to put it because I remember... Once I'd come out, it wasn't until once I'd come out that you start to realize how much you had actually changed to fit the masculine mold. So like I was 
walking different, talking different, mm. wearing different clothes. Literally. Like everyone kind of started to make comment about like how I dressed post coming out because yeah. all of a sudden I was like, well, I'm just going to wear what I want to wear now. Oh, well, you sit in year 10 science and realize that your legs are crossed and like chastise yourself. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Bloody poof. <laughs> Fix yourself. Uncross. Yeah. <laughs> it's quite like, yeah, it's a lot to be conscious of at all times because you're basically playing this character that's not you. Correct. Um, and are terrified of if you break that character, what the mm. consequences will be. So I guess we've definitely obviously understand the the queer side. Yep. To the challenge. <laughs> yep. From masculinity. Really nuts and bolts that one out. Lived and breathed it. Yeah. Uh, on the other side though, for the heterosexual men. Yeah. We have obviously just discussed that, you know, there is this like image that they need to live up to. And I think that that is the thing that sometimes is forgotten in this conversation is that there, this perfect ideal like James Bond Mm. character Mm. is not natural to many straight men either. Correct. Like, and I think they would be just as conscious of like crossing your legs is quite a comfortable thing to do. I don't know why I keep going back to this example, but (laughs) a lot of straight men do it. Yes. And it's, I think that it takes like a level of like security in yourself 100 percent. to not be like oh fuck i've crossed my legs well that's it so like on the flip side i know that there's you know and there's definitely talk out there and you hear it of like men don't do certain things Mm. because they don't want to be seen as feminine because being seen as feminine would probably mean that they were gay and then they wouldn't want to be seen as gay or why would you want to be seen as called gay by their mates you know yeah at the footy field or whatever the fuck they do. <laughs> the football club ground. And they all eat oranges and stuff. <laughs> Halftime snakes. <laughs> but, you know, yeah, like that, exactly. Crossing legs, perfect example. Um, you know, someone, I actually heard a conversation the other day, which, you know, and I'm sure you experience this in life too, and any queer person listening probably does. There's sometimes moments in life where you hear conversations and you just think that's very wrong, but I'm not going to chime in because I can't be bothered correcting and getting oh, into it. Is this like on a tram or something? It or? was a conversation um, in the workplace. Oh, okay. And basically the conversation was that um, this person's partner might be gay because they like watching Gossip Girl. Mm. And I was great just... Great show. Great show. <laughs> but the... That in itself, like, so what, a man can't enjoy watching Gossip Girl, a man can't enjoy cooking or baking because that's a feminine activity, like, you know, and then what about these men that are potentially suppressing parts of themselves Yeah, the way that we did Mm -hmm. to fit that mould? I completely agree with that. And I think the thing that I have sort of realised more recently is that for us, it's a very clear definition of pre-coming out and post-coming out in terms of how you're navigating your masculinity and your femininity. Because Mm. suddenly I'm out now, everyone knows, Mm. you know, there's the odd occasion, maybe you're like in like, you found yourself in some whiskey bar or something and (laughs) you need to, you know, try and maybe just check yourself. Yep. Um, But generally speaking, you can just be exactly who you want to be. Yes. And And you know what, you do, you, you do read, not regulate, but... You know, I wouldn't be walking into a TAB, for example. At all, ever, I hope. Ever. But, like, a TAB in the ben- in Bendigo. Yeah. With screaming, you know, born this way, out of my AirPods. Like, or, you know, not because it's not something that I wouldn't do, but it's not something that would be received well, potentially, in that space, which then would obviously maybe put me at risk. Well, the perfect example... <laughs> Of being hurt. <laughs> the perfect example of this is getting a haircut at the barber's. Oh, uh, yeah. We all know it well. <laughs> it's quite a running joke amongst the gays because God bless these hairdressers who do female hair. They just don't know how to do a fade. No, not at all. So you have to go to a barber to get Correct. your haircut pretty much. Yeah. And it is the, one of the most concentrated bloke energy sources <laughs> that I have encountered in my life. <laughs> and I feel like that is one time when I really walk in and I'm like, yeah. how, are, how are you boys? Yeah. <laughs> how are them tiggies on the weekend? 
<laughs> Anyone go to any titty bars? <laughs> Should we go to kittens after this? So yeah, there are examples like that when mm. we are regulating ourselves. But generally speaking, it's pretty much born this way, baby, down the streets in your rainbow flags, if you would so choose to. Yes. And no one really comments on that because even straight men are like, oh, it's fine, they're gay. Mm. But I feel like there's no like come to Jesus moment when you're a straight man that you're like, well, now I can just be myself. Correct. And so they have to just continue on that trajectory 100%. of performing. And that's, you know, the, the, the back end of that conversation that I listened to at work was that then basically this man's sexuality was being questioned mm. because of the TV show that he liked. And that happens just so often. Like, and it's, it, it is something that actually bothers me a lot. And it's something that pops up every now and then, like, you know, um, a group of straight women I have heard a few times being like, you know, a guy might do something that is not in the typical realm and be like, oh, he must be gay then. Mm. And it's nothing rattles me more when the assumption is that he must be gay. Mm. Like you don't know what that, that that's such a loaded thing. And especially totally. for us, it, it means so much more like, and you don't just throw that around so easily. Like perhaps potentially he's just, you know, into his feminine side. Mm. I think also with, um, while we're pointing the finger at straight women, I think we are also culprits of this. Yes. Everyone is, I should say it um, is not just for us. It's more just desperately hoping that they are so that we can take them home a lot of the time. <laughs> but you know, you look at someone on the street and be like, Oh, well, you know, look how they're mincing. They yes. must, they must be gay. Yeah. Or, uh, you know, what a lovely bright colored shirt they have on mm. and their gorgeous body that's underneath it. Can't wait to get that on my bedroom floor later this evening. I guess what I'm hearing when we unpack all of this is like society's desire for a label mm-hmm. because a label comes with understanding and mm. an, being able to understand something removes the fear from the situation. And without the fear, then there is nothing to be, you know, there's no threat and therefore they can sleep. People can sleep at night. That's the whole concept. hundred percent. When the only label we really should be subscribing to is Chanel. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> so I think, you know, after this sort of dark and gloomy chat about the fact that, um, we're all doomed. Yeah. Gay men are fucked until they come out and straight men are fucked forever. Yeah. Um, I'm seeing a lot of change. Agree. The winds of change are a, Blowing are amongst us. Are amongst us. Yeah, yes. they're whistling through everyone's trousers. Yep. Um, Blowing up their skirts. Yeah, exactly. The, and you could be a man in that. I was going to say, and a man's probably wearing that skirt, which is the change in itself. Well, isn't that's twenty it? twenty. What was the year again? Twenty twenty one. Oh, thanks. Yes. Uh, no, you're right. There is a lot of change, and like we mentioned earlier, you know, in the heterosexual space for straight men, there is a lot of. Um, work that has been done I would say in the last few years the suicide rate and things like that was so alarming that you know we the society did really have to do something about it and really start to normalize those conversations which I think is great mm-hmm. um, like I said the AFL and you know which is they're such a big and um, religious body that people really like the, the football dominates it dominates so yeah. you know their, their voice is really important so the fact that they put um, some effort and merit and time behind mm. starting those conversations within the clubs and then filter that out because supporters supporters listen to that stuff. Mm. So, you know, I think that's really good. I think it's nice as well because it's sort of being approached from two angles. Like you have, you know, things like the AFL and um, initiatives that are being put in place to encourage straight men to speak about their mm. emotions and whatever. And that is still can be considered masculine Mm. and then from the other way you've got the gays trademarked yeah saying okay well but we like to wear dresses and we put makeup on and we love glitter and lady gaga and stuff and we are also still men correct and so the definition is being like ripped to be way broader from both ends because it's like well we're all just we're all just blokes at the end of the day well that's it and that's if like we said about the labeling, you know, and we've seen such a big change and push in trans culture and non-binary and labeling and things like that with pronouns now being like just the way of the future. And it's kind of like either you're on board with that or you're not. And, you know, I think that there is so much merit in 
also just instead of trying to box us into this masculine or feminine energy there is also a beautiful thing about just kind of scrapping it all and chucking it in the bin because potentially by doing that we're removing those labels and the stereotypes that have fed this toxicity mm-hmm. from day one mm. so since the cavemen since the cavemen they could have been them they in the cave <laughs> and none of this would have happened well they probably had no labels at all they were just a dick in a hole <laughs> And some beef tartare. <laughs> no, you're right. And there is an organisation out there, Men's Shed, I know, who do a lot of work with that middle-aged, regular Joe Blow, like we said, who just go out there and it's, it's basically like a shed, which is like... <laughs> I know it's very sounds, enticing. It's not a shed. It's a metaphorical shed, I guess. But, you know, obviously, because like the man goes out and works in the shed. What do you think the, um, the gay version would be? Of a shed? <laughs> the Men's Chalet. <laughs> Or something. Men's men's brunch spot or something. <laughs> yeah. The men's overpriced cafe. Yeah. <laughs> Avo on toast. Yeah. Um, with a side of crying. They do a lot of work with the, um, getting guys out there to talk about their emotions, you know, getting everyone in a circle, kind of just creating that safe space for chat, mm. really, which is if the idea of going and speaking to a psychologist is like so daunting for a lot of people and just a concept that people can't get their head around, but finding like-minded men who can all chat about the same problem in the same space to remove that toxic element Mm. is amazing. Yeah. Mm. And I think, I guess the headline of all this Mm. is that people are understanding that this, what is considered masculine energy and what is considered feminine energy is completely separate to gender and everyone kind of actually does have I mean, except for James Bond, does have both in them. 100%. Yeah. And some might just naturally be stronger than the other, but if it means that you're... I guess the, the bias here is like, if it means technically whoever decided the rules, but if it means that you are more feminine for being able to be more in touch with your emotions and talk about if that's seen as a feminine trait... So good for you. Then that's just a label that's been put on that activity it's not actually a reality it doesn't mean that you've got a vagina yeah your penis is now removed still in, it's still intact it's it's actually not the way it goes yeah yeah so it's it's just a it is just a label and it is just a stereotype yeah mm. and i think also gentlemen um women are taking over the world so get on board if you've got a little bit of a skerrick of femininity in you, it might come in very handy soon well, i've said this a few times i don't know if i've actually said it on air but i think that the gays will take over the world. Okay. Because we have the... Most of us are born as men. Yes. Well, or identify as men. Yep. But we have such feminine energy that we have the emotional capabilities of a woman. Mm-hmm. You've definitely mused this to me before. So we're Very early hours in the morning. This <laughs> subspecies... Of human because we have the society's view of like a man, which is that the dominant of the two. Mm-hmm. I would say that loosely, and don't I'm obviously not advocating for that. Yeah, in I was like twenty twenty one. Careful, <laughs> I'm going to keep my mouth shut. It's obviously next it's weekend. I'm coming back by myself. But it's 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 the history of of that we've been taught. Yeah, but we have the feminine energy and the emotional capabilities of women, which is to connect with others, love ourselves, talk about things Mm. that a lot of men don't do. And so that means for you that we'll just just be gays left or we'll enslave the straights or how do you see this sort of playing out? The issue is that we're still outnumbered. Correct. For now. For now. I have a feeling that that might change one day. For now. I'm not going to have the stress of like, looking after little kids and things like that. So I might live longer. True. Although we party harder. (laughs) Also very true. (laughs) Yeah. We'll just leave it to fate, I think. Yeah. By the time we're dying, life expectancy will be 150 and we will make it to 65. Yeah. Oh, if I reach 40, I'll be wrapped. (laughs) It's only three years to (laughs) Next week. (laughs) All right, guys. Well, I think that's all we've got time for this week. Mitchie, do you have any final closing thoughts? Just one thing that kind of throws everything we've talked about out the window a little bit. Classic us. Um, you know, because obviously 
masculinity or femininity is all fluid and it is always ever-changing and goes with the river like Pocahontas. Yep. If you had to give yourself a percentage of each, Ooh. what do you reckon you would say? That's a good question. I would say I am six, 64, uh, maybe 68 feminine. Okay, you're going more femme. Energy? Yeah. Yeah, because at my core, like, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. 68 feminine, What would? what's the remainder? I don't know, you've gone very specific numbers on me. <laughs> I think it's 32. Yeah, great. 32. Okay, cool. Male, masculine. I was going to say something similar. Okay. <laughs> I think I could actually probably have a little bit more in the I thought you camp. would go lower. I thought you'd lowball me. <laughs> I would probably, yeah, I could maybe go down to like a 62. <laughs> feminine. What is this bloody 62.98? <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, okay. I reckon I'd be like 70 femme. But saying that, also very comfortable in my identity as a man. Yeah, agree. Mm. So, well, we'll see. We'll see. Watch this space. Well, guys, if you enjoyed this episode, then please like and subscribe and share on your <laughs> Instagram stories. You really uh, struggled with that. Like, subscribe, share. I was like, you know, I. with one week, I'll get them all out. Yeah, one day. We'll actually nail this ending. But yes, if you could, whatever you're listening to us on, um, or tell a friend, because that is obviously how we grow. And then obviously also head to Instagram and type in at message on the machine and follow that account. It's not affiliated with us, but they post good stuff. And the pictures of the boys on there are hot. Yeah, they're stunning. Two stunning strapping young <laughs> men. <Little> stallions. <laughs> very mask. Yeah, very mask. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, on that note, um, good luck out there. That's it. We'll see you at the next one.